Peace be upon you. So one of the topics that historians love to discuss and write books about is the question, what causes a nation to fail? Because if you think about it, a nation is a relatively robust structure. But every so often, some event, some calamity, something happens that causes that nation to collapse. One of the predominant beliefs is that this thing is disease. Because if you look at the example of the Native Americans, it's estimated that 90% of them were wiped out when Europeans came over because of the diseases they were carrying. Smallpox, measles, flu. And this is pretty compelling. Another argument is that no, it has to do with the financial system and the economic system of that society. You look at the example of communist Russia. When central planning failed and the country's uh, economy imploded on itself, you could say that that was the reason for its failure. Or maybe it's something more direct, something like a revolution. We look at the example of Iran in 1978 when the mullahs took over and throughout the uh, Shah. You could say that's the reason a nation fails. But all these are symptoms of something much greater. And God tells us what that is in the Quran. In Surah 16, verse 112, it reads, God cites the example of a community that used to be secure and prosperous with provisions coming to it from everywhere. But then it turned unappreciative of God's blessings. Consequently, God caused them to taste the hardships of starvation and insecurity. Such is the requital for what they did. God is telling us in this single verse that nations fail when they turn unappreciative of God. God has given every single human being so much. But if we turn unappreciative, you can guarantee that we will lose it all. In Surah 14, verse 7, it reads, Your Lord has decreed, the more you thank me, the more I give you. But if you turn unappreciative, then my retribution is severe. This law applies to the individual. It applies to the community, to the society, to the nation. If a nation becomes unappreciative of the blessings that they've been bestowed on by God, then they can guarantee that they will lose it. One of the words that's used in Surah 16 verse 112 is the word ragadan, which means to give, be given freely and plentifully and with ease. And we see this is what it was described of this society. And God didn't tell us which community this is because it's irrelevant, because the law is universal. God is telling us that there's a society that was given everything freely, plentifully, with ease, but it became unappreciative, and because of that, it fell. This word with this root only occurs in the Quran in three instances. In each one of these instances is a way for us to get a glimpse of what happens to an individual, to a society, when it becomes unappreciative. The other example that this word uh, falls into is in Surah 2, verse 35. This is the example of Adam. It reads, We said, O Adam, live with your wife in paradise and eat therefrom generously as you please, but do not approach this tree lest you sin. God is telling Adam that in paradise, he has everything he wants freely, plentifully, with ease. He doesn't have to work for it. It's given to him. And we read more of these details in Surah 20, verse 116, where it reads, Recall that we said to the angels, 
fall prostrate before Adam. They fell prostrate except Satan. He refused. We then said, O Adam, this is an enemy of you and your wife. Do not let him evict you from paradise lest you become miserable. You are guaranteed never to hunger therein, nor go unsheltered, nor will you thirst therein, nor suffer from any heat. So what is it that the devil wanted from Adam? What was he trying to do? We see in Surah 7 verse 17 that the devil tells God the reason he rebelled, the reason he's willing to spend all of eternity in hell is to prove one thing. It's to prove that the human being is unappreciative. It reads in Surah 7 verse 17, it says, I will come to them from before them and from behind them and from their right and from their left. And you will find that most of them are unappreciative. And here is his first victim, Adam, who's living in paradise with his wife, who God has given everything he wanted to. I mean, paradise, this is the place that everyone strives, every believer strives to make it to. And what did the devil do? It reads in 2120, it reads, but the devil whispered to him saying, oh, Adam, let me show you the tree of eternity and unending kingship. They ate from it, whereupon their bodies became visible to them, and they tried to cover themselves with the leaves of paradise. Adam thus disobeyed his Lord and fell. Adam disobeyed because he was unappreciative. God gave him paradise and asked for nothing in return. There was only one criteria, don't approach this one tree, and Adam still failed to live by this one rule. Because he did not have to work for these provisions, this blessing, he took it for granted. He was unappreciative. Luckily, God gave Adam words by where he redeemed him. But this is the downfall of human beings, is that we're unappreciative. God gives us so much for nothing, for free, for, for us to uh, be appreciative. And when we turn back, when we renounce these blessings that God has given us, we're destined to fail. The third time that this word Rakadan is used is in Surah 2 verse 58. And it's in the context of the children of Israel who were just saved from Pharaoh who was enslaving them, who was killing their sons and sparing their daughters. And finally, after their journey, they reach the promised land. And it reads in 258, it reads, Recall that we said, enter this town where you will find as many provisions as you like. This is the word Rakadan. You can have whatever you want, e easily, freely, plentifully, without any limitation. And it continues, just enter the gate humbly and treat the people nicely. We will then forgive your sins and increase the reward for the pious. So you would think that the children of Israel at this stage would be totally ecstatic. That they finally, not only have they been freed from Pharaoh, not only have they survived all their hardships, but now they're at the entrance gate to the promised land, to paradise. And how do they respond? It reads in 259, it says, But the wicked among them carried out commands other than the commands given to them. Consequently, we sent upon them the transgressors' condemnation from the sky due to their wickedness. How unappreciative. These individuals who God has given so much to, for nothing. What did they do to deserve this? Absolutely nothing. Yet God gave them all this. And finally, when they got to paradise, they said, we don't want to go in. They said, we won't enter until those people leave. And they became unappreciative of God. And again, they fulfilled the devil's expectations. Every single blessing we have in this world comes from God. 
And if we become unappreciative, we forget. We think that these things came from some other source, that they came from ourselves. They came, you know, just coincidentally. Then we become unappreciative. In Surah 56, verse 57 through 71, God gives us four examples of things that we completely take for granted. It reads, We have created you if you could only believe. Have you noted the semen you produce? Did you create it or did we? We have a predetermined death for you. Nothing can stop us from substituting new generations in your place and establishing what you do not know. You know about the first creation. Do you not remember? God created us. Did you think about this? That we were nothing out of semen and an egg from the most... (laughs) from the parts of the human anatomy that we prefer not to speak of. God created us. He gave us life. He made us reproducing cells that grew into human beings. This act that we just take for granted, we say, oh, I'm having a baby or, you know, I gave birth or something of that nature. No, God allowed this to take place. This is a blessing from God. These things that we take for granted that because we live in this world where this process is just ubiquitous, we think that it's not miraculous. It continues in 5663, says, have you noted the crops you reap? Did you grow them or did we? If we will, we can turn it into hay. Then you will lament. We lost. We are deprived. You think about the food you ate today. You know, we think that, oh, a farmer made this food. No, God designed this system in order you put dead wood into the ground and miraculously crops, fruits, vegetables, all these provisions come magically out of the ground for us to consume. Are we appreciative? It continues in 68, it says, Have you noted the water you drink? Did you send it down from the clouds or did we? If we will, we can make it salty. You should be thankful. You know, if God didn't create the cycle by which you can take putrid water and use evaporation, an insurmountable barrier that will pull this fresh water into the sky and transport it to where we need it, to water the the, uh, crops that we depend on, to give us fresh nourishment, What if this water was salty? What if the design corresponded to have salt water into the atmosphere, something that's undrinkable? How different would life be? Would we even be here right now? These are the elements that we have to constantly be appreciative of God. In 71, it reads, have you noted the fire you ignite? Did you initiate its tree or did we? We rendered it a reminder and a useful tool for the users. You shall glorify the name of your Lord the Great. You know, if it wasn't for fire, we would not even have gone past the Stone Age (laughs) into the Industrial Revolution. It is such a huge blessing that we can harness fire. And you think about, we talked about this before, there's 21% oxygen in the atmosphere. For every percent increase of oxygen, the likeliness of combustion increases by 70%. Imagine trying to harness fire under those conditions where the atmosphere had 22% oxygen. Or let's say it was 1% less, 20% oxygen. It would take 70% more energy to cause a fire, to boil water. How much more difficult will life be? God created these proportions perfect for us, for us to be appreciative. These things, when you go and heat up water so you can make some tea or some pasta, have we thought about the blessing that God has designed this system for our convenience? Do we deserve any of this? Of course not. In Psalm 8, 4, it reads, What is man that you are mindful of him? Who are we? We are on the speck of dust that we call our planet Earth. 
And God is cognizant of for us. He's planning every single provision, every single atom for our well-being. And we take this all for granted. When God asks us to be appreciative, to trust in God, to be aware that these things we have are blessings from God, is that asking too much? And he asks this for our own good. Because if we're unappreciative, we're only hurting our own souls. One of the aspects is people think that you can be appreciative without God. And it's impossible to be appreciative without God, without realizing the one who provided us with all this is our creator. Because the question is then, who are we appreciative to? Are we appreciative to science? Are we appreciative to the Mother Earth? Well, God created all this for ourselves, for us to be able to reflect on, for us to be able to draw closer to God. But if we turn unappreciative, if we think that this has come to because of our efforts, from our cleverness, from our hard work, then it's irrelevant if we're appreciative in the worldly sense or not. The only appreciation that counts is when we're appreciative of God, the one who created all this, who gave this to us, and asking nothing in return, telling us only instructions for our own good. We see the example in Surah 68 verse 17 about the owners of the garden, that they worked so hard to create their garden, to reap their harvest, thinking that it was them who was doing this, that it was their efforts that caused them to have these gains. And what happened? That night when they went to sleep, a passing storm came and wiped out their harvest. When they woke up, they were so absolutely sure that their harvest was there, that they were going to be financially independent for the rest of their lives. They will never have to worry. And what did they find out? They found out that it was all wiped out because they were unappreciative of God. They did not realize God is the one who causes the seed to crack, that causes the plants to grow that gives you these perfect conditions for you to be able to manufacture what you need with your own hands. It reads in 68.27, says, Now we have nothing. The righteous among them said, If only you had glorified God. That's all it takes. You do the hard work, but you realize God is the one who's going to make us prosperous. God is the one who's going to make us happy. He is the source of righteousness. He is the source of forgiveness. He is the source of everything good. And if we forget about that crucial aspect, then we're going to fall into the camp of the unappreciative. In Surah 18, verse 23, God tells us that never say you're going to do something in the future without saying God willing. Why is that? It's because God is the one who controls all outcomes. These people think that they work so hard tilling the land, that they'd spent so much time, so much thought into this process. But the thing that mattered most was the realization that if it wasn't in accordance with God's will, it will never come to fruition. We have another example of the two men in the garden in Surah 18. In this example, one of the persons believed that he was far more prosperous his crop reaped more. He commanded more respect from the people. And it reads in 1835, says, When he entered his garden, he wronged his soul by saying, I do not think that this will ever end. Moreover, I think this is it. I do not think that the hour, the hereafter, will ever come to pass. 
Even if I'm returned to my Lord, I will be clever enough to possess an even better one over there. This person thinks that they deserve all this, that their work, their effort, their cleverness is the reason that they're being prosperous, is the reason that they're respected by the people. And they failed to neglect, to realize that it's God's blessing that's allowing them to have this moment of glory. And you know, sure enough, what's going to happen. In 1837, it continues, it says, His friend said to him as he debated with him, Have you disbelieved in the one who created you from dust, then from a tiny drop, then perfected you into a man? As for me, God is my Lord, and I will never set up any other God besides my Lord. When you entered your garden, you should have said, This is what God has given me, mashallah. No one possesses power except God. You may see that I possess less money and less children than you. My Lord may grant me better than your garden. He may send a violent storm from the sky that wipes out your garden, leaving it completely barren. Or its water may sink deeper out of your reach. Indeed, his crops were wiped out. And he ended up sorrowful, lamenting what he had spent on it in vain. As his property lay barren, he finally said, I wish I never set up my property as a god beside my Lord. No force on earth could have helped him against God, nor was it possible for him to receive any help. That is because the only true Lord and Master is God. He provides the best recompense, and with him is the best destiny. This person thought that his fertile soil was the reason that he was getting a good crop, was the reason he was successful. He was appreciative to his soil, to his property, as opposed to the one who created his soil, this system for him to be able to grow crops. And when he did that, he lost everything. It continues in 1845, it reads, Cite for them the example of this life as water that we send down from the sky to produce plants of the earth. Then they turn into hay that is blown away by the wind. God is able to do all things. It is not your land that produces the crops. It is not your efforts, your hard work, your money, your cleverness. These are not what make you successful in life. This is not the reason for us to be appreciative. We need to be appreciative of the source of all this, the one who granted us life, the one who created the earth, the universe, the laws of physics, for us to be appreciative of God. Now the problem is when we think that we deserve these things, when we think that we're entitled to these things, this is the downfall of any society. We see the example in 34.15 about Sheba. It says, Sheba's homeland used to be a marvel with two gardens on the right and on the left. Eat from your Lord's provisions and be appreciative of Him. Good land and a forgiving Lord. These are people who inherited all these blessings. They did nothing to earn any of it. It continues in 34.18, says, We place between them and the communities that we bless other oases, and we secured the journey between them, traveled therein days and nights in complete security. God has given them oases, has given them resting stations, has gave them security, made them able to travel the land comfortably, made them have productive yields in their harvest. All this. But what was their response? But they turned unappreciative. It reads, and 34.19 says, But they turn unappreciative and challenge our Lord. We do not care if you increase the distance of our journeys without stations. They thus wronged their own souls. Consequently, we made them history and scattered them into small communities throughout the land. 
This should provide lessons for those who are steadfast, appreciative. These people became unappreciative of God. God gave them all this for nothing. They were just born into it. They lived in a place that had prosperity, that had security, that had all these things that they a person would long for. But they were unappreciative. They didn't care. They didn't care if the stations were taken away. They didn't care if their journey was extended. And we read in 3420, it continues, as Satan found them readily fulfilling his expectations. They followed him except a few believers. These people, they fulfilled Satan's expectation of being unappreciative. Our enemy, our ardent enemy that made the claim against God that the human being is unappreciative. He wants to see us nothing more than to take these things that God has given us for granted, to not care about them, to not be appreciative, to not acknowledge God. And when we do that, we're falling into Satan's trap. This concept of entitlement, to think that these things that are given to us, that we deserve them, is the most destructive force of any society because it trains its people to be unappreciative. When someone thinks they're owed something, that they deserve something for no effort whatsoever on their own, then they will not be appreciative. Imagine you were working and your boss gives you your money for the hours you worked. Would you be appreciative? Of course not. You'd say, I worked for this. I deserve this money. But what you fail to realize is God is the one who controls the provisions. It's not your work you need to be appreciative for. It's God you need to be appreciative that gave you a job by which you can make money that you can put into your pocket. The second you think that these things are owed to you, that you deserve this healthy body, you deserve this you know, uh, good job, nice amenities, luxuries of all sorts, foods and provisions. The second we think we deserve all this, that we don't have to be extremely appreciative of God, then we become unappreciative. In 4150, it reads, when we bless him after suffering some adversity, he says, this belongs to me. I do not believe the hour will ever come to pass. Even if I'm returned to my Lord, I will find at him better things. Most certainly, we will inform the disbelievers of all their works and will commit them to severe retribution. These people, we deserve none of this. Do we deserve to have the planet Earth? Do we deserve to have this amazing atmospheres that carries in the oxygen to have these healthy bodies that give us hands and fingers and toes and all these things that God has given us for nothing. We did not deserve any of this. But the second that it's taken away and God restores it back to us, we think that this is owed to us. You know, when we get sick and God heals us, we think that that's the natural state of affairs, that I deserve to be healthy. No, we don't deserve to be alive. God allows us to be alive. God allows us to take a breath, to be able to, to drink water, to eat and take our bodies the nourishments it needs. These are all blessings from God. But if we turn unappreciative, we think we deserve these without any effort on our part, then we're fulfilling Satan's uh, expectations. In Surah 7 verse 131, it says, when God, when good omens came their way, they said, we have deserved this. But when hardship afflicted them, they blamed Moses and those with him. In fact, their omens are decided only by God, but most of them do not know. If we think we deserve good provisions, we think that we deserve a good life, without us being appreciative, then we fail to have any gratitude for our Creator. Entitlement is the opposite of gratitude. Entitlement is the belief that I deserve these eyes, 
this these uh, this mouth that I can communicate with, these ears by which I can hear, you know, this heart that's pumping blood through my system. Do I deserve any of this or did God give this to me freely and plentifully in abundance to see whether I'm appreciative or unappreciative? If I believe that it's owed to me, then I don't believe I have to work for it. I don't believe that I have to be appreciative for it from our creator because I think that this is belongs to me. In 1977, it reads, Have you noted the one who rejected our revelations and said, I will be given wealth and children? Has he seen the future? Has he taken such a pledge from the most gracious? We think because God has given us the sexual reproduction capabilities, the anatomy to produce, that it's us who create children. God blesses us with children. This is something that we have to be absolutely appreciative for. These things, again, they're given to us to show whether we are appreciative or unappreciative. The second we think that these are owed to us, then we show that we are unappreciative. In Surah 10 verse 12 reads, When the adversity touches the human being, he implores us while lying down or sitting or standing up. But as soon as we relieve his adversity, he goes on as if he never implored us to relieve any hardship. The works of the transgressors are thus adorned in their eyes. Whether God gives us provisions, gives us a easy, plentiful, abundant life or not, in either situation, we have to be appreciative of God. If we're only imploring God and sincerely devoting our lives to Him at times of need, then it shows that we're unappreciative because we don't deserve any of this. It's out of God's mercy and grace that He gives us so much that he gives us all these blessings for us to be appreciative for. We see the example again of the children of Israel. When God saved them from the persecution of Pharaoh, gave them liberty, gave them freedom, gave them all these things that you would think they would be absolutely ecstatic, being able to worship God freely, being able to not worry that someone is going to come and kill their children. What is their response? It reads in 261, it says, Recall that you said, O Moses, we can no longer tolerate one kind of food. Call upon your Lord to produce for us such earthly crops as beans, cucumbers, garlic, lentils, and onions. He said, Do you wish to substitute that which is inferior for that which is good? Go down to Egypt, where you can find what you asked for. They have incurred condemnation, humiliation, and disgrace, and brought upon themselves wrath from God. This is because they rejected God's revelations and killed the prophets unjustly. This is because they disobeyed and transgressed. They thought that they deserve garlic, lentils, and onions. They thought that this was owed to them. Rather than being appreciative of God for the safety, the security, the provision that God is providing them, what did they do? They became unappreciative. They said, we can no longer tolerate one kind of food. We want these other stuff. Now, it's fine to want that, but the aspect is once you're saying that, look, I'm unappreciative of what God has given me. This isn't good enough. I deserve better. Then you're playing into Satan's expectations. So how can we tell as an individual or a nation or a society that we are progressing beyond the sense of entitlement to feeling appreciative? When we replace a sense of entitlement and expectation that things are owed to me, that I deserve all this, to a life of service and gratitude and understanding 
how can I serve others based on the provisions and the blessings that God has given me, then we know that we're on the right path. You take the example of a child. You know, a child, they expect that the world revolves around them. They're very self-centered, but at the same time, they're trying to understand themselves. But as they grow, they start realizing that there is a world beyond themselves. There are certain things that God has bestowed upon them that they could offer for service to other people. You take the example of Moses. When Moses was a baby and his mother put him into a basket and threw him into the river, and he refused to accept any nursing mothers except for his very own mom, no one would call Moses entitled. This is what he was programmed to do in order to survive. But then you see Moses as an adult. He does not maintain that same mentality that things are owed to him, that he's entitled to things, that he deserves things, that if he doesn't get it, he's going to whine and cry about it. We see the example in Surah 28 verse 22, where Moses, after being exiled from Egypt, fleeing for his life with nothing other than the clothes on his back, that he travels to Midian. And it reads, May my Lord guide me in the right path. When he reached Midian's water, he found the crowd of people watering and noticed two women waiting on the side. He said, what is it that you need? They said, we are not able to water until the crowd disperses and our father is an old man. He watered for them and turned to the shade saying, my Lord, whatever provision you send to me, I am in dire need for it. Soon one of the two women approached him shyly and said, my father invites you to pay you for watering for us. When he met him and told him his story, he said, have no fear. You have been saved from the oppressive people. Moses, who had nothing, who was in exile, he sees, you know, these people watering and notices two women aren't able to. Rather than thinking about his own needs, he's going and addressing the needs of someone else, inquiring, why is it that you're not watering? What is it you need? And when it's explained to him, what does he do? He goes and he does the work for them, realizing that he still has something to offer other people. And then he turns to God. He doesn't turn to the women. He doesn't turn to other passerbyers. He turns to God and says, My Lord, whatever provision you sent to me, I am in dire need for it. Because God is the one who sends provisions. God is the one who gives us blessings. All of this comes from God. And it shows that he is appreciative of his Lord. A society that is unappreciative is ungrateful. It's uncharitable. It's stingy. It's greedy. A society that believes is appreciative, is charitable, is helpful, cares for other people. And God tells us in 1098 what it takes for society to prosper. It says any community that believes will surely be rewarded for believing. For example, the people of Jonah, when they believed we relieved the humiliating retribution they had been suffering in this world and we made them prosperous. God is telling us when we believe, when we're appreciative, when we trust that all this came from God, that God is the one who controls provisions, that everything we have is on loan from God, that if we're truly appreciative, we are going to be part of a prosperous society. And here's the crux of the matter in 1099. It reads, had your Lord willed, all the people on earth would have believed. Do you want to force the people to become believers? This is telling us this has to be done by choice, not by force. We cannot go around mandating for people to be appreciative and righteous and to do good things. This is not 
the way a submitting society works. People have to actively choose to be righteous, choose to give to charity, choose to do good things. If a government comes top-down forcing people to act righteously, then it's destined to fail. We cannot attempt to outsource our righteous deeds to others to perform on our behalf. This is a responsibility God has given each and every single one of us to see whether we are appreciative or unappreciative. We have to do good things on our own, give our own money to other people. To expect that a government or some other institution is going to do good things on our behalf is outsourcing our righteousness. And this is not part of God's system. We have to be appreciative. We have to realize all these blessings we have come from God. If we ever think that we are entitled to this, that we deserve all this, then we're showing that we're unappreciative. We're showing the very thing that Satan, again, was willing to go to hell over. So let's not make that same mistake. Let's make all our societies, our communities, our nations prosperous by being a good example, by believing in God, by being appreciative for all the blessings he's given us freely and abundantly. God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments or questions, please hit us up at crontalk at gmail.com. And until next time, peace and God bless.